Hey guys, welcome to the Balanced Gamers Video Game Podcast. This is episode 11. I'm Mike, and our normal host, Jacques, my co-op buddy, he's not here this week. He's on vacation. He needed some time off, and he left me in charge, so expect a dumpster truck on fire, basically. But anyway, don't worry, I'm not alone. With me this week is the famous Indy, and we keep mentioning him in like every damn episode, so it just made sense for me to get him on the show so indy thank you for joining me thank you thank you for having me yes i do exist i am a real person i I would hope so i don't know who i'd be talking to all these years but (laughs) well i mean you know we have been talking about dead space a lot so there's no telling who you're talking to dead space oh no no no. don't don't bring up dead space this early we're gonna go on like a 20 minute dead space discussion if you do that (laughs) oh okay (laughs) don't you you don't want to set me off there's certain things that set me off it's dead space (laughs) And uh, if you start talking about the sequel, Star Wars Trilogy, we're going to be here for an hour, so. Oh, God. Wait, do you like those movies, by the way? Um, no. No, I can't say I do. Thank God. No. As somebody who's consumed so much of what they call Legends now, like the original sequels, um, no, I can't say I like the new ones at all. Yeah, we're going to get along just fine. I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> That's a great way to start the podcast. He does not like the sequel trilogy. And you know what? That's actually probably going to come up at some point down the line when we do our Star Wars uh, Battlefront Part 2 discussion, because we want you on in that episode. So that's probably going to be very Star Wars focused. You know the sequel trilogy is going to come up. At this point, just put Dave Filoni and John Favreau in charge of Lucasfilm and I'm, we're all set. Yeah, and have a plan. You know, actually know what you're writing. Not ha- don't have three different directors with three different ideas. The third, well, the third director never even got a shot. They canceled this movie, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners and uh, tell us about your uh, gaming history? You know what you're playing on. Uh, my name's Indy. Um, I've been playing video games for as long as I can remember. Uh, earliest memory I have of playing games was probably similar to Mike's. I remember playing a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog, and yeah. Rest is pretty much history. Play a little bit of everything. Yeah, definitely avid gamer. Been playing with Mike for, well, we kind of went on a hiatus because we were playing and then you went hardcore over to PlayStation where I stayed on Xbox and then came over to the PlayStation side later down the line. That's right. Yep. We just kind of recently reconnected because my wife did the logo for Boundless Gamers. And we love it. It's amazing. And then, uh, yeah, we just kind of picked it back up. Um, I know she's happy to hear that you guys love it so much. I know we both listen to it uh, on the weekends. It may take a couple different sessions for us to get through it just because we're both so busy. But yeah, we've definitely enjoyed the show so far. And I am very uh, flattered that you were willing to have me on here um, and help you fly this plane. No, no, <laughs> fly the plane. Yeah, no, we're going to crash <laughs> it by the end. Um, no, no, thank you. Because if you said, oh, no, I'm busy or I got to do something this week, maybe another time I, you would have got solo, Mike. And I don't think the listeners are ready for that yet. I've known you for years, and I don't think I'm ready for that. No, it's... No. No, I mess up too much. <laughs> it would be a mess. Uh, so what, what what are you playing on? Like, I know you've told me before, but I can't remember because I have a memory of a squirrel. So what's your setup? What do you got going on over there? Right now, um, I float back and forth between... Well, really, I have a Switch. I have a PlayStation four an Xbox one and I just got a PC uh last month. 
honestly, a lot of my gaming depends on whatever my wife wants to play that night. So since the Mass Effect trilogy has come out, um, <laughs> we got that on Xbox. So a lot of nights, um, it's me playing whatever I want to play, whether it's uh, playing Smash Brothers on my Switch or I put a PlayStation VR on and just kind of play in the living room with her, but through VR. Or I come into my office and boot up my PC and play a lot of RTSs that I missed out on long ago because I was a huge Halo Wars fan. And on console, you don't get a whole lot of RTS options. So now I've got a huge back catalog of RTSs to go through. So lately, I've been playing a ton of Empire War uh, remake. Hmm. Empire War. I couldn't get into that one. I, I don't know. Something about it didn't suck me in. The remake mod's a lot better. I don't even play really a campaign, but the remake mod takes out pretty much all of the ground combat, and it's all space, so you just take your armada and just try and conquer the galaxy before the other side does. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I never tried the mods, so that, that'd be why. Every time I play a PC game, I gotta do mods. I, I keep forgetting to try them. That's the whole reason to have a PC. <laughs> yeah, well, my laptop doesn't really run much. I mean, it, it's just... It could barely run like oh, 360 games, like so. I kind of stick with Left 4 Dead. <laughs> that's about it. I play a little of that. Well, there's no shortage of mods for uh, Left 4 Dead. No, no. Sure. I mean, you can have Barney the dinosaurs and all kinds of crazy shit on there. <laughs> Velociraptors, Xenomorphs. There's a Xenomorph mod where you can replaces all the zombies. I have seen the Xenomorph mod. Now you just got to put it in the in an aliens map, and then we're all set to go. Right, and then we have uh, the cloning marines that we always wanted. <laughs> let's not talk about that no let's not talk about that that's a touchy <laughs> subject for me very very touchy and randy pitchford you can go to hell anyways before we get into the the main intro for the show the, i have to get the social media shit over with otherwise Jacques's gonna yell at me later for forgetting <laughs> all right i'll just go over it real quick because i know you guys hate this kind of shit this self-promotion bullshit but we got to do it we need we need followers we need more people listening <laughs> to our shit but yes, you can uh, follow us at Ballast Gamers. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We'd really appreciate it if you give us a like on all those pages. And please follow and subscribe to this uh, podcast if you like it. If you don't like it, that's fine. Go listen to something else. And I'm probably doing a terrible job introing this show. Oh, you're doing fine. I say this to myself all the time. You know, the, the creators or the hosts, they always think they're doing a terrible job, but they're really not doing that bad of a job. It's oh, just, yeah. It's all in your head. I learned that from YouTube. We are all our own worst critic, always and forever. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. Unless you're extremely conceited, in which case you think you just shit gold all the time. I wish I could do that. I'd be rich. Uh, but yes, uh, we have a new episode every Saturday. Unless something terribly goes wrong, we'll let you know. But yeah, every Saturday, look forward to a new episode of the Balanced Gamer Show. But that's it. No more self-promoting. I don't want to do it anymore because I hate this part. So now we're going to move on. There's a few things I want to hit before we get into the what we're playing section. But the first thing is uh, something that just happened today. By the time you're listening to this, it'd be about a week. Uh, Tom Clancy's X-Defiant. Yeah, it's a free-to-play, fast-paced arena shooter that combines intense gunplay with personalized loadouts and specialized factions as teams of gunfighters called Defiance Battle for Domination. I have nothing to say. About I don't know this. if you can hear. I, I was gonna say I don't know if you can hear the level of disappointment that I have on my side of the mic over here. Like I, words can't express how disappointed I am with Tom Clancy. You have a Tom Clancy license. 
out of all of the things you could do, the two most recent projects we are going to get out of Tom Clancy is Rainbow Six Zombie Mode and Tom Clancy Call of Duty. I just need somebody to hold me right now and tell me everything's going to be okay and I'm going to get my Splinter Cell game at some point. That's what I don't understand. Like, you've brought Michael Ironside back for DLC in Ghost Recon Wildlands. Um, I think he's actually an operator in Rainbow Six Siege now. Like, you keep teasing everybody with more Splinter Cell, and then you're like, hey, you want that Splinter Cell? Here's uh, Call of Duty, because you hate Call of Duty right now. It's because Splinter Cell isn't an open-world game, and they can't monetize the shit out of it. Well, they could, but then... That would just piss off a lot of people, so they choose not to do it. Right. It's it's a game that doesn't really uh, blend well with towers that you use to see the rest of the map. Oh, God. Sam, I need you to climb that tower. We need to get a survey of the... Yeah, they, they... I swear to God, if the next Splinter Cell, and I hear, Sam, we need you to climb that tower, I'm going to quit. I'm going to go wherever it is. I don't care who I'll call. I'm going to get my money back right then and there. Unless it's on Game Pass, in which case I'll just hit delete. You know, when they first introduced that in Assassin's Creed 1 back in 2007, I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. I like this mechanic. And then they did it again in 2 and 3 and Far Cry everything. I was just like, oh, no. Well, you know, the difference was when Assassin's Creed first came out, there weren't a whole lot of games like it. And when you climb to the top of a huge building in the first Assassin's Creed and you look over like the entire landscape, your jaw hit the floor because no game had done it to that detail before. And it seems like Ubisoft is like, hey, do that from now on. Every game, Far Cry, Assassin's Creed, all of it. They all get towers now. This is a weird time we're living in in the gaming industry because EA is getting their act together. I mean, they're still doing some weird shady shit, but at least they're they're providing us with the single player games we're asking for now. And then you have Ubisoft who's just like, yeah, monetize open world games. Hey, it's the same game again. Can we really give EA credit for that? Because really, what started it all was Respawn. From what I understand of its development, EA had almost little to no input for Apex Legends. Respawn just did it. And then they made a ton of money. And then the next game we get that's single player from EA is also Respawn. I give Respawn 100% credit for EA's reform. (laughs) Yeah, if it wasn't for them, God help us. Still no Titanfall 3. But, you know, uh, I'll take Jedi Fallen Order and you can give me Titanfall 3 uh, uh, next year. I don't think you're going to get that. I think you're going to get Fallen Order 2. I can dream, Mike. Well, then they put some Titanfall DLC in Apex Legends. I haven't been following that. They have, but I haven't played Apex since it came out, though. I, I liked it. You know, when I when it first came out, I was like, oh, this is cool. This is actually a decent free-to-play game. And oh, yeah. Then it's like, it's Battle Royale. You know, there's only so much of that I'm going to do. I'm like, all right, well. I've seen everything here. When it came out, I think you had three choices. You had, well, three choices on major consoles. You had PUBG, you had Fortnite, and then you had Apex. And Apex, to me, was just way better. I think at the time, I was telling people, I was like, Apex was kind of like Halo meets PUBG, where you've got the sci-fi and the different loadouts and abilities you can do, mm-hmm. but it just it, it felt good as far as movement and everything went. And now everybody and their mom wants to do Battle Royale. I'm like, all right, I'm 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 done. Um, I'm ready for Battlefield. Yeah, it, it, it's a cool mode. <laughs> and I'm just tired of it getting shoved into everything. No, this is all that matters. Everything else now, the hell with it. This is why I'm glad 343 said no Battle Royale for Halo. It's like, we don't do that here. Yeah, but it would make sense in that one. You know, you can have ODSTs dropping down in pods. Like, I can see it. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, I can see that. And you can put a twist on it. Like, yeah, you can just go wherever you want on the map. Like, I guess you can also do that in Fortnite, but you'll have more control over the pod where you want to land. So I can see them doing a battle royale mode with ODSTs, but it's PvP and PvE, where you have like different pockets of Covenant just hidden throughout the map. There you go, Microsoft. You can have that for free. <laughs> that's right. I would try that. No, that's cool. Yeah, you, you need to throw some AIs in there. Let's shoot some other shit. Because sometimes you can you can go right. long stretches of no combat. Because, like, oh, everybody's all the way over there. Well, it's going to take me about five minutes to get over there to fight. And then by the time you get there, they could be all dead. Yeah, I mean, and, and also prevent people from camping, too. Because, I mean, you can't just sit in a building or whatever, wait for another team to come by if Covenant is actively out there hunting you. So, yeah. Ubisoft games. Not going good right now. I don't like the future. No. It looks kind of dark for me. <laughs> but we'll always have Just Dance. No. You can dance. I'm, I'm not. I, I, I hate dancing in real life. I'm not going to do it in a video game. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, now, the next story item I have here is uh, Valve is making a PC gaming portable with a Switch-like handheld. This uh, caught me off guard. I love the fact that it got announced like a week after the Switch OLED because it just came across so much like a Nintendo, you won't do it here. We'll do it ourselves. This thing was probably going to get announced later in the year, but then they saw the OLED and they're like, let's talk about it right now. Yeah, can we get it out in a week? Yeah, yeah let's, let's, let's jab a knife into them. Do yeah. it now. <laughs> We're not going to get a better opportunity. No, no, definitely not. That was perfect timing. That was smart by Valve. Uh, but yes, the base version for this. Uh, well, I forgot to mention the name of this thing. It's called the uh, the Steam Deck. It's kind of a weird name. Like, I, Steam Deck is interesting. I'm thinking of a deck of cards that you buy. The base version is going to cost three hundred and ninety nine dollars, and it's going to have a sixty four gigabyte, uh, sixty four gigabytes of storage. That's shit. But I'll get back to that in a second. I'll I'll tell you why that's garbage. Uh, follow, it's followed by a five hundred and twenty nine dollar model with two hundred and fifty six gigabytes, and a six hundred and forty nine version that has five hundred and twelve. Now the five twenty nine mm. and six forty nine have NVMe SSDs inside. The sixty four gig does not. That's a problem. Oh, so you know that's you're gonna have faster loading times. Things things are gonna boot up just like with the PS five and the Series X and shit like that. You're not gonna get that with the base model, and there is expandable storage in this thing, but it's only for micro SD cards. So you're not going to be able to put like big games like Call of Duty Warzone and shit on a micro SD card. That's just not possible. So you're going to have to get the 529 or 649 version. You're going to need that extra storage. Well, I know that terabyte SD cards do exist now. They I do. Mean, that is a thing. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, some some hardware does have limits as far as how much of an SD card they can put in their uh, in their devices. Does it happen to say um, what the limit is? No, but um, like uh, others have said though about these SD cards is that you can't put these big AAA games on them. Like they won't read. Like they won't oh, yet. Gotcha. So you're going to need that internal SSD or whatever storage that the device has to run those kind of games. Yeah, now you could probably put like indie games and like maybe 360 games and shit like that on the micro SD card. But if you want, if you're going to try and put a, I don't know, like doom eternal on there, I, I don't, I don't know if it can. That does bring up an interesting question though. Like who do you think that this is for? Because you know, the Vita 
was a great system, but ultimately failed due to the fact that just not a whole lot of people are looking to play games like that on a handheld. The Switch is an example, but the Switch speaks to a very specific audience. Like, Nintendo is going to have its hardcore ride-or-die fans all the time. But I don't think anybody's, like, clambering over walls to make their Xbox or their or their PlayStation portable. People wanted those games with the Vita. The problem with the Vita was was the uh, the proprietary memory cards, those little little their own versions of SD cards oh, that you had to right. spend like almost one hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars on. I was like, blah, blah, blah. I remember like the right. twenty gig was like what eighty bucks, or maybe a hundred bucks. I'm like, what the hell? And then yeah, because I was actually working for GameStop at the time, and yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah, that was one of the reasons why people didn't want that thing. I was like, well, there's all these hidden fees, and then you, you know, it's, yeah, when the when the unit came out, I think it was three hundred bucks. And then you had to buy a game. Right. It was like 50 bucks or whatever whatever they were charging. Then you got to get their version of a micro SD card, and that was going to cost another arm. Like, so you're looking at like close to $500 or more for all that shit. And people are just like, no. Yeah. And Sony didn't uh, support it very long. They kind of abandoned it. So that didn't help either. The Vita still has like a niche audience out there. Mm-hmm. And like no matter how hard Sony tries to kill it, because I remember they tried to take the store offline for the Vita and the PSP, and then the fans outcried so much. They're like, never mind, we're good. We'll leave it. We'll leave it. Sometimes you just got to shout. If enough people are yelling, you know, sometimes they do listen. But uh, now as for right. the uh, the Steam Deck, I do think people want this. I think this, even the Nintendo fans want this. They've been screaming for a, Sw- a Switch Pro with all the bells and whistles and, and it being oh, able yeah, to... Play the the modern AAA games, you know the the big tier ones, because the the current Switch models that are out right now, they're having a hard time running a lot of these third party games, and uh, right. people want that Pro version. And I think this is it. This is that Pro, and they beat Nintendo to the punch. It'll definitely be interesting to see how it plays out, especially around the holidays, to see uh, where the money ends up shifting with new um, consoles out, new handhelds out. It'll be very interesting to see uh, where things go this year. The big difference here is the price. I mean, yeah, five hundred and twenty-nine dollars compared oh, yeah. to a two ninety-nine Switch. I mean, that's a huge gap. Uh, I'm just talking about the regular yeah. model. If you want to get the Switch Lite, you're only going to spend one ninety-nine. Right. And by the way, this thing can dock to the television, like just like the Switch. That was going to be my next question because I haven't read up a whole lot on it. Like I saw the article and I kind of skimmed through it because unlike. Well, I mean, most of the time I'm not at home when this news like hits my feet. I'm always at work. So it's like I have enough time to see what the article is about, go through it. And then a customer walks in. I'm like, oh, hi, how are you? And then I never find it again. (laughs) I didn't write down all the information. There is a little more I have here because I was just way too lazy. They they, they brought out more info and more and more. (laughs) And I was just like, all right, well, if you guys want to learn everything, go look it up yourselves. But I I have a few more things here. Like it has a 720p screen, uh, which is, you know, fine. But it does have a, a 60 hertz refresh rate. So you can do 60 frames per second on this thing. Oh, wow. So that is impressive. Now, they did say if you drop it down to 30 frames per second, you're going to get more battery life. And from what I'm hearing, the battery life is between two to seven hours, depending on what you're doing. They ran a test with Portal oh. 2. They were able to play it for a little over four hours straight. This is a problem with all handhelds. We still haven't really quite figured out the battery. That's very true. Yeah, it, it, even the Switch is dealing with this as well. It, it's just... Uh, th- there is tech out there that can enhance the battery, but it's just not cheap enough to produce right. mass quantities of it, so they, they still haven't figured it out. I was going to say, I mean, that's the main thing, because when, like, 
um, you can take an iPad Pro or a decent um, Android tablet out there and it'll last for, you know, eight hours or so. But at the same time, you're talking about a thousand dollar piece of hardware versus something that should be marketed like as a handheld gaming system where most of your, I won't say most, I'll say a good chunk of your audience is going to be parents buying these things for their children. Mm -hmm. And then a $199 price tag looks a lot more appealing than like an $800 tablet. Oh, I agree. I have my Switch Lite over there. The moment I heard it was $199, I was like, well, I'm getting that. Right. That's so cheap. I mean, <laughs> I want to play some Mario games, but I don't want to spend $300 right now on the main Switch unit. So I was like, okay. Right. The cheaper system always wins in the end. We've seen it every generation. Remember, with, with even when the Xbox One launched, the PS4 was $400. Oh, yeah. The Xbox One was $500. And everybody, well, yep. this wasn't the only reason, but a lot of people jumped to the PlayStation just because of the price. Not to mention the god-awful... Uh the press opening to that and uh, I forget who was a said it but like people were saying who didn't want their console on all the time always connected to the internet and he's like we have a great product called the 360 and I'm like ooh you just yeah that was Don over a good bit of your fan base to Sony yeah I remember that Jeff Keeley was interviewing him and when he said That's that to right. Jeff Keeley he gave him the most ridiculous look he's like so what, you're just uh you're, you're telling people to just stick with the 360 is that what you're trying to say <laughs> he was his face was right. so upset when he said that and he was pretty much just giving like the middle finger to like all of the uh all soldiers you know overseas our soldiers and all that like you know they bring right. the systems with them they can't connect to the internet uh well sometimes no. they can but I, well, from what i've heard they, they really don't connect to the internet with these game consoles and they were pretty much just telling them nah sorry you know, just stick with the 360 well you know everything happens for a reason because now uh Phil Spencer's in charge, and he's done a great job. Yeah, he's really turned the ship around. It's it's insane, and <laughs> and he can only do so much with the Xbox One. There's still some, there's still a stench there, but he did he did everything he could. And I think by the at the end of the Xbox One's uh, life, I, I think it's an amazing console. And this is hilarious coming from me because when they f first announced the Xbox One, man, I was boycotting that thing. I was telling people to stay away from it like it was the plague. And now I tell people, hey, if you can find an Xbox One, yeah, go get it. Yeah, well, I mean, now it's like with as soon as Game Pass came out, that changed everything for Xbox. I love Game Pass. I've had it for like two years now. I can't live without it. <laughs> Plus, you know, Back for Blood's going to be on there at the end of the year, and I, I oof. still don't know how I feel about that game. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have a lot of fond memories of Left 4 Dead, but you know how like ideas sound great when it's attached to nostalgia and then you get a hold of it? It's just, for me, it's a question of will nostalgia, is, is that what's going to keep this game afloat for me or will it stand on its own? Well, we're going to find out soon because the beta is just around the corner and it's going to be on all platforms. Well, last gen and current gen. We'll know more soon. We will see. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I guess that'll lead to the uh, next thing. Don't worry, we're almost done with the intro. I know this is going a little long. <laughs> it's only been like a half hour. Yeah, that's all, yeah, not too bad. So, there was a Best Buy, uh, drop on the 14th for the, uh, Xbox Series X and S. And I was able to snatch one. I got a Series X. I don't have it yet. Congratulations on that, by the way. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Actually, really wasn't that hard. It's a little bit easier getting an Xbox than a PS5. PS5, you have seconds. The next box, you got a few minutes. So it's not it's not that bad. 
once they realize the PlayStations are gone, they're like, okay, let's get an Xbox. Exactly, because you can only do one or the <laughs> other a lot of the time. You can't, you can't just, uh, you can't do both. Well, I guess you could do both at once if you have like five different devices open. But yeah, what the hell with that? But yeah, I'm going to be picking it up in two days. So by the time you're listening to this, I should have it in my possession, unless Best Buy does something weird and they lost it or they stole it. I don't know. Oh, don't put that out there. Dude, you had everybody that works in that kind of industry stealing systems. You had yeah. UPS stealing systems, everybody. It's not worth it, people. It's really not. What, are you going to make $1,000 off the thing? Please. That's... <sighs> Some FedEx employee out there still has a a $500 TV that was being sent to me from uh, Walmart, so I hope you uh, enjoy it. I hope they got you. Wait, 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 what? He actually stole it? You have proof of this? Well, see, what had happened was um, I have a ring as my doorbell so i can see like any cars that drive in front of my house like i it records everything it's annoying but i'm like at the same time i'm going to keep it um for things that is is this specific example i ordered a tv because my old one was like eight years old at this point so i was shopping around a certain tv went on sale and i ordered it and fedex was delivering it and i got a text that said it's been delivered well i checked my ring no fedex truck ever drove through my street hmm. so i looked at the email and it said signed at house delivered at house and when i went through the form because fedex shows you like the form that they upload right. there was no signature at all anywhere on there huh so i reached out to uh fedex and i got no response and then I reached out to Walmart, and they were less than helpful. So I did what everybody does. I uh, went to Twitter and ran it. And then somebody finally noticed me. So FedEx researched it for like a month and a half. By this point, Walmart had already sent me a new TV. It got it hooked up. Everything was good to go. And the response I got was, we never found it. We don't know what happened to it. We're sorry. Have a good day. Yeah, I, I may have had some less than kind words to say about FedEx after that, but I was like, you know what, just, it, it's not even worth it. Somebody out there risked their job for a $500 TV. If that's, if if your job means that little to you, then you go for it. Oh, man, now you have me worried because I'm actually waiting for a FedEx delivery uh, tomorrow. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that to you. Let me tell you why there's a FedEx truck coming tomorrow. Recently. My TV started having a bunch of black bar lines at the bottom. And, oh, no. And I just bought the Series X. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, it's going to start doing this? And I was like, uh, let me contact TCL. That's the, that's the brand for my TV. I was talking to them for like a week. Back and forth. Send us this picture. Send us that. The serial number. Write this here. And take a picture of this corner and shove it up your ass. Like, I don't know. I was like, like, there's so many different <laughs> things they wanted me to do. And then they went silent right. for a couple of days. And uh, by the way, my TV's not in warranty, out of the warranty. So I was oh. like, "Oh, I'm probably screwed." But TCL, they they reply back and they're like, "No, we'll send you a new one. No, don't worry about it. Free of charge." Oh wow! So it's coming tomorrow. That's awesome. Yeah, it's very rare for a company to uh, give you like warranty privileges when you're not in warranty. Very weird. But it was only like yeah, a no month kidding. after the one-year manufacturer warranty, so maybe they were like, meh, oh, it's the okay. pandemic, let's be nice. Right. Yeah, my TV's just black bars, it's flickering, and it's annoying, so I haven't been playing much on there. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine. One more quick thing, I promise, guys, one more thing, just real quick, I'm going to bring this up. <laughs> now, I have an Xbox One S, 
since I'm getting an Xbox Series X, I'm like, what am I going to do with this thing? Do I just put it in the closet or sell it? Or Well, I've decided to actually give it to one of my friends who hasn't had an Xbox this entire generation. Can't really afford the new consoles. And I'm just like, you know what? You can have it. It's like, once I get my Series X, I'm going to ship go. it out to you. Like, have fun. Your whole family can get Game Pass and you can go nuts. Well, that's awesome of you. I think more people should do that if they have extra consoles laying around in their closets. I'm not. I'm not saying uh, give them your primary, you know. But if you have like a bunch of uh, right. systems no, no. just piled up, and I know some people have like tons of them in their closets, you know. Sometimes they give them away, and I think you, know, oh, you yeah. should definitely do that. Give that system some more mileage. Don't let it just sit there. I've done it. I've given away a 360 before. Oh, nice. Which one? Was it the white piece of shit red ring one? <laughs> no, it was a red ring one that had been fixed like five times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, good times. Yeah, go back a few episodes and listen to us talk <laughs> about the Xbox 360 hardware issues. I don't know the name of oh, that episode, but enjoy. Have fun with that. A lot of crazy stories. But that's it for the intro. Jacques is not happy that it was that long. I don't care. <laughs> we're going to get into the what we're playing section. So I'm going to let Indy kick this one off. What have you been playing this week? So I'm somebody who has severe ADD when it comes to gaming. I jump all over the place. So if I get to play during the day, I pretty much try and get what time I can with Mass Effect in before my wife takes it from me. She'll let me play if I like say, "Hey, look, I just I want to play Mass Effect tonight. I don't want to, I just kind of want to zone out." But more often than not, she works a lot further away from the house than I do, so I usually let her pick whatever it is that she wants to play when she comes home. So she plays Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I'm not playing Mass Effect, I usually find something else to play, uh, whether it's Empire at War or Call of Duty, or um, I actually started playing an indie game on my PC a couple days ago called I think it's called House. If I'm not mistaken. Yes, it's called House. Ashley found this, but she was watching a streamer play it, and essentially it's kind of like 12 minutes from what I understand of that game, where it's the same night playing over and over and over again, and it's a, it's not really, it's a 2D, 3D where you can kind of go up and down on a 2D plane, but there's like 10 different endings, and the goal is to kind of figure out all the different ways this story can end. And at first, you think you're supposed to be trying to keep your whole family from getting killed by this house. (laughs) So the house is haunted. There's, like, monsters hidden everywhere. And as the night progresses, things get more and more crazy. And there's all kinds of accidents that can happen. And it's your job to try and prevent them from happening or go total psychotic and just kill your whole family. And then the house rewards you. So it it was really interesting to kind of see the different endings. Um, I got one of the good endings after about, I don't know, maybe about two hours of play. And then I took a break and then my wife got me watching the streamer. So then I've seen a lot of other playthroughs of it, but I do boot it back up because there's still a lot of items that I don't know what to do with to get different endings. So if you haven't seen it before, it's $5 on Steam. I recommend it. It's cool. It's a cool puzzle-solving game. Um, yeah, you should check it out. I wonder if that's on Game Pass. I'm going to have to take a look. Or is that only on PC? I think it's only on Steam. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I haven't been playing much this week. I only have two games on my list. Uh, I'll just briefly mention one of these right now, because I only played a little bit of it, because I was just telling you about my TV, so I was like, eh, I don't really want to play right. this with 
flashing black lines and shit on my screen. <laughs> but I started Demon's Souls on the PS5. Oh, boy. And that's a hard game. <laughs> that is not easy. Tell me about it, Mike. Yeah, you die a lot. <laughs> I did get past the first boss, that uh, blob-looking thing with all the shield dudes protecting him. Uh, wasn't really that hard. Oh, wow. But... Uh, yeah, I got to the second boss, and it's just this big, gigantic knight-looking dude with a massive shield, and he slams the ground, and... Oh, God. Still gotta figure out how to beat him, because they got archers on the top, too, shooting at you. You gotta go get the archers first before you deal with him, and it's like, oh... But I'm having a blast playing this. I was about to ask you, have you played a lot of FromSoft games? From what I understand, uh, I think you, you and Jacques had mentioned in an early episode that you guys typically don't care for those kinds of games. You're absolutely correct. I don't usually play these kind of games, but I heard Demon's Souls is a, one of the prettiest games on PS5, and I was just like, all right, I want to just see what it looks like. Plus, nice. I didn't buy it. I have a one-month membership of Gamefly right now, so I was like, they sent it over to me. I'm oh, like, all right, well, I'll check it out. But but yeah, I really like it. It's just the, the combat, and it just feels so good. It, it, it's fair. I mean, it's it's extremely hard, but I, I do think it's fair, at least when you're fighting the, the, the normal npcs and on the map the bosses can be a little cheap but for me personally i love FromSoft games i've only ever beaten two i beat the first dark souls i got stuck in two three i had one of those moments i i go through times where i'm just severe add on games i bounce all over the place and i think dark souls just fell or three fell to the wayside and then i got my ps4 and i played bloodborne now Bloodborne is like easily in my top five games of all time. I've platinumed it. I've beaten it like six times. Damn, beat it for me. Get me that platinum. Well, in order to get the platinum, you have to beat it at least three times. And um, oh, fuck me. No, <laughs> I'm not gonna. Yeah, do I'm not that doing that. You. I didn't. I didn't know that. I I thought you. I could just do it in one run. Yeah, no, because there's three different endings, and you have to get all three endings. Well, maybe you could do some tricks with the saves and stuff with bringing it from the cloud and. There are, well, no, actually, you can't, because as soon as you beat the game, the character you created, it takes all of your saves and puts it in New Game Plus for you. Well, thank you for crushing my platinum dreams for that game. That's never going to happen now. Yep, welcome to From Software. I played a little bit of Bloodborne, though, back in the day when it came out. It's really, really good, but like we've said many times and you just brought it up before i don't usually like playing these kind of games not the game itself on I mean, the games right. in these universes i'm just like eh, it's like castlevania and it's just not for me but after playing dead cells and returnal i'm at least more open to playing these games just for the gameplay mechanics and that uh one life deal right so that's why i'm playing demon souls right now probably not gonna beat it I would be thoroughly impressed if you beat it. I know when I get my PS5, that is definitely a, a must-have game that I've got to get. If you want a hard challenge and you, you want to throw your controller up against the wall, actually, don't do that with the DualSense, but <laughs> uh, yeah, play this game. All right, uh, anything else you've been playing? No, nothing that really comes to mind right now. Just kind of waiting on Battlefield and a few indie games to come out. Battlefield. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that game. I mean, it's a it's a shooter, and it's not Call of Duty, so it checks all the right boxes. Yeah, and it's got tornadoes <laughs> and shit, you know, that's that's true. I take back what I just said. It can't just be a shooter and not be Call of Duty, because that's what this new Tom Clancy game is, and that unchecks all the wrong boxes. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I only have one other game, and I've only played a little of it. It's it's on my Switch. It's Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. I finally started this damn game. I bought it like three months ago because a damn Luigi's Mansion. I was spending way too much time. As I say, you just couldn't leave Luigi alone. No, 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 I couldn't. But uh, yeah, this game <laughs> is amazing. I love it, but a little too easy. I know that's a weird thing to say about a Nintendo game. Mm-hmm. The cat suit that's in that game makes just everything like easy as pie. I'm just like, eh. sometimes I got to take the suit off just to get a challenge in the game. This is what happens when you start to like a from software game. You start to crave the challenge and everything else seems too easy. That's true. I, <laughs> I, I just beat Returnal and, I, and then jumping into Super Mario 3D World. Yeah, that is a huge uh, difficulty yep. difference. Yeah, you, you got a good. That's a good point. I didn't even think of that. You know what? It's probably, <laughs> it's probably like average difficulty. I'm just, I was just expecting something yep. really hard, and that's not something you're gonna get from a Mario game unless you go back and play like Super no. Mario Brothers two, or oh, uh, the original. The second one, I just couldn't get into that because that was that wasn't really a Mario game. It was like it was like another game right. with the Mario skin thrown on top of it. I don't know. It was weird. Yeah, wasn't it going to be something completely different? And they were like, make it Mario. So they made it Mario having a dream. Yeah, it was something like that. Not my favorite Mario game. <laughs> That's for sure. That's at the bottom of the list. But uh, yeah, 3D World, <laughs> it, it's it's really fun. It, it's like they took all the, the great things from Super Mario World and Super Mario Brothers 3, and they just made it 3D. Nice. So yeah, I'm having a blast with that. I only did the first three worlds, so... Not a whole lot I can say about the game, so I'm probably going to put a pin on that and talk about it next week. But I wish I played more games. I just, a lot of shit been doing. Yeah, I think we all wish we played more games. <laughs> so I, I guess that's it for the what we're playing section then. Wow, that was actually really fast. That might be the fastest one we've ever done. Holy shit. <laughs> you know, last week, you know, I mentioned a whole bunch of games I, there was two more we, I talked about, but it was so long. I'm just like, really? all right. We, I'm like, I can't have it this long. It was Bug Snacks and what was the other game? Actually, it was three Mario World. Yeah, it was. It was that. I, I only oh. played like a few levels of it though, so it was. Yeah, I didn't really have much uh, to say about okay. it. Okay. Well, uh, there's the missing content. Consider it a uh, Boundless Gamers DLC. You know what? Frick it. I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll just mention Bug Snacks real quick. Do you know anything about this game? Um, I know absolutely nothing about this game other than it's on PS5, right? And 4. And 4, okay. Oh, God, how do you describe this game? This is, like, one of the weirdest games I've ever played. You're these these furry, like, creatures. Uh, that There's no humans on, on Earth. It's just they're all furry-looking creatures. And you're this journalist who has to go to this island to, to find some missing person. And the the, cre- the the people on this island, these creature-looking walrus characters, they go around and collect and eat these Pokemon-looking food with eyes and shit. And they have to huh. kind of catch them all, and, and they eat them. And when they eat them, like a, like a part of their body will turn into that food. Like, say, if they eat a hot dog, their arm will turn into a hot dog Interesting. and shit. And the gameplay mechanics is like Pokemon Snap. Okay. You go around, you got to collect them all, and then you got to get, grab them, capture them with like a net or whatever the hell you're using, and then you got to go give it to whoever wants to eat it. And I'm like, what the hell am I playing? I just did a Google image search of this game because, like I said, I knew absolutely nothing about it. And I'm like getting almost Ape Escape remake yes. vibes from this. Yes, there's a little bit of Ape Escape in that. 
I love that game, but I, I will never play it again because if I play it again, I'm going to be like, <laughs> this game's horrible and I want to keep those. You know what numbers. this game looks like it needs though? It really looks like it could use some couch co-op. Is that a segue? <laughs> Uh, it can be okay <laughs> well uh i guess we can go into the topic for this show um yeah you know i'm gonna let indy take over here because this is his t- this bleh, 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 jumbling my words this is his topic and uh yeah i'm gonna give him host power so i'm gonna go in the co-pilot seat and he's gonna take over oh god mike you're always gonna find a way to get out of host aren't you oh of course <laughs> um well, the next topic, um, and I guess kind of the theme for the show, um, if we can call it a theme at this point, is basically, is split screen a dying feature? Now, for me personally, this is something that I deal with pretty much every time there's a new release that both me and my wife are interested in, because if we ever want to co-op a game and it's not split screen, we pretty much have to have two systems in order to do mm. it, which isn't always the easiest thing to do. Um and it really sucks because there's plenty of games out there that I feel like could really benefit from couch co-op. Um, Mike, what was the last game that you played that you remember actually having couch co-op? With another person in the same room on the same console? Oh, shit. Uh, let's see. Probably Castle Crashers back in 2010. Hung out with four guys. We all just... Ate a bunch of shit, oh, yeah. and we played Castle Crashers and some classic OG Battlefront 2 from 2005. That's all we played that night. Nice. And that was the last time. That was 11 years ago. Like, playing online with your friends is cool and everything, but to me, maybe it's just because, you know, we grew up in a different time where if you wanted to have an all-night with your buddies, that was everybody got their systems, their TV, you went to, like, a friend's house. Land parties. Yeah. Everybody hooked their crap up in the basement and just, you know, you pulled all-nighters on Halo 2 with everybody connected to the same, like, everybody did a LAN party. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just me getting older and, like, missing those days, but I really feel like those days don't exist anymore. Like, you can't even just call a friend up anymore and say, hey, this new game come out, why don't you come over and we'll play it. Now it's like you almost don't even have that option anymore. Your only option is to play over the internet. Yeah. And that all started because of uh, Xbox Live Party Chat on the Xbox 360. Once we got a taste of that, everyone was just like, yeah, can we just play it at our own places? And they're like, all right. And then then more more time passed and everybody just got used to that. Oh, trust me. I mean, I... I still love the fact that we can do that, but the last LAN party I remember being at was actually the Halo Reach Midnight, and we all crashed at a buddy of mine's basement, and it was like eight guys, and we would all go play BTB. It was like an entire big team battle team all together in the same basement playing. And to this day, I mean, I haven't had an experience like that. That's true. You, you reminded me of uh, some friends I used to know back in t- 2007 or 8. They had a basement that was just nerd heaven. Star Wars toys, <laughs> figures all over the walls and shit. They had consoles. Oh, they had like man. multiple TVs. We had like GameCubes, original Xboxes, 360s, PS2s. 
I, I, we we would jump around. We play some Smash Brothers Melee, and then we play a little bit of OG Battlefront Two. And then on a, one of our friends on one of the TVs is playing Knights of the Republic and shit. It was like this wild. Like everybody's just playing a whole bunch of shit. So yeah, there, there's moments like that I do miss. Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I'm lazy now. <laughs> I'm an, I'm more of an introvert. I'm just like, yeah, do just play online. Right. Yay. Okay, I'm good. I can just sit here in my underwear. Right, we've all we've all evolved past that to a certain extent. Now, that being said, like I said, going back to why I personally miss this topic um, or miss this feature, it really kind of irked me a little bit because both me and my wife are huge fans of Aliens, and I could have sworn that when it got announced that Aliens Fireteam was going to have a couch co-op, and I recently learned that it doesn't. So now, not only does it not have cross-play, um, so now I can't be like on my PC or my PlayStation and she be on Xbox and us have to pay for two copies of the game. Because I actually, I have done that. I have paid for two copies of a single game so we can play it at release. Thankfully, now with Game Pass, most of the time we don't have to do that because I can just go on my PC. Like, we want to play Sea of Thieves. I just boot up Game Pass on my computer. She plays on the Xbox. But some games, like, you know you're not going to play for 40 hours or more. You just want to be able to pay, like, for one copy, and you split-screen it and play it. And Aliens, for me, is one of those games, because, you know, I don't trust anything since Colonial Marines. Thanks, Randy Pitchford. Thank you. But it also got me thinking, it's like, there's a lot of games out there that I feel like could have been taken up a notch, at least for me personally, if it had couch co-op. And there's even some games out there that are coming out or have come out that I'm like, how does it not have couch co-op? Like when I first saw the trailer for My Little Nightmare 2 and there was a second little dude running around, I was like, oh cool, this will be couch co-op. It's something me and Ash can play. Nope. Wait a minute, how does that game not have couch co-op? Like you're both sharing the same screen. You see? That, that one makes no sense. That one should definitely have it. So, I mean, there's a lot of little things like that that I'm like, okay, I know that I, I can understand some of it. Like a game like Battlefield, for example, that is so demanding on a system's RAM as it is. I don't expect it to pump out the extra power to make split screen happen because it does take extra effort to make that happen on some games. But a game like My Little Nightmare, I don't see why that wouldn't have it, especially when you have a game like Gears 5, which is visually stunning, but can pull off couch co-op seamlessly. So sometimes it just doesn't make any sense to me. They kept that in the Gears franchise, probably because of all the backlash they got with Halo 5. Remember that didn't have uh, couch co-op. Oh yeah, I do remember that. The original Xbox One had a hard time running games in 720p. It could get higher resolutions now, but yeah, but at the time, yeah. they didn't really want to mess with that too much. And yeah, like Phil said, he's like, eh, we, we have the stats. Not enough people are playing local. Most people are playing online. Uh, now, I'm very curious if the next Halo game is going to have some sort of couch co-op feature. They haven't talked about it. I feel like they did say that it does support four-player couch co-op. Like They, they confirmed that was a thing. Oh, I can't do four player. <laughs> I could do two, but four people on the same screen. Unless we have like a massive like 80 inch screen, I'm not doing that. I mean, I definitely believe that people that want couch co-op uh, or want couch co-op at this point are more so a minority at this point. Yeah. 
But at the same time, even those that don't take advantage of it still want it to be there as an option because you never know when, you know, you might have like a niece or a nephew over and you might just kind of want to like hang out or if you have to babysit or something like that, you want to have games available so that way you can do things like that that don't have Mario in it. That's true. All the Mario games have some <laughs> have some sort of local co-op in it. I wonder if a lot of that has to do with uh, Nintendo's online infrastructure being so bad. Like it's really, really <laughs> bad. So they're like, well, we got to have local co-op because if we don't, have, if we don't. Right. Make this work because the other one doesn't. One thing that me and my brother uh, keep up with regularly is we keep up with like the Smash Brother pros because we enjoy watching high league Smash play. And last year during COVID, there were no Smash tournaments because no organization would be like, yeah, no, we'll do a a Smash Ultimate tournament through the network. No, nobody was putting money on the line for that. Mm-mm. Nope. It's terrible. I, mean, I know Super Mario 3D World, you actually play that online with up to four people, but I hear it's terrible. It's so laggy. Are there any games that you can think of that you would like to experience in couch co-op or have some kind of co-op mode added to it? Hmm. Let's see. Plants vs. Zombies, the original one, comes to mind. For some reason, I thought the original did have... No, 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 no. It had a versus mode. That's yeah, right. it had a versus mode, but you couldn't both be on the uh, plant side. The XCOM series comes to mind, definitely. It's funny you say that, because I actually have XCOM on my list of games ah. that I wish had a co-op mode. Yeah, there was times me and Jacques were like, oh, man, it'd be cool if we can just have two different squads we can control, and then we both go take our turns and right? run around. I'm like, it's perfect for that game. Yeah. And I don't think it'd be that demanding, because it's still more or less just running off of the same map. Yeah, it, they could totally do it. There's one other game that comes to mind. It's it's Ratchet and Clank. I think they could probably do something with them. I think one person could be Clank, and the other person could be Ratchet. You would kind of think that would have some kind of couch co-op mode, but... um. I guess it, for whatever reason, they just determined that it was best just to kind of leave it as it is. Yeah, I guess you don't want to change too much. Now, one game that I wish did have almost a link play or a play link feature, which is where you know you can connect with like a tablet or a phone or something like that, and it be co-op, is Alien Isolation. Hmm. Can I be the alien? Well, here's what I had in mind. Imagine as somebody playing as Amanda while the other person was on their phone or a tablet and had complete control of the cameras of Sevastopol Station. Amanda has her motion tracker, but imagine if you had a buddy telling you, like, hey, that Xeno is literally down the hall. Stop moving. So basically, the Alien Blackout mobile game. Like, one person controls all the cameras and shuts the doors. and Yeah, I can see that. Yes, combine those. That would be awesome, because I did play a little bit of Blackout, and I loved it. I haven't beaten it yet. It's still on my... uh uh, tablet, but you know, I I enjoyed it. You know, for what I played, I think I played half of it. It was pretty good, right? It's like anything tied to the isolation name seems to be okay. When they announced that there was going to be DLC for Isolation, um, and you got to play parts of the movies, for some reason, the first thing that came to my head was, can you imagine playing as Newt before the Marines got there, just trying to survive? Oh, and then just seeing everybody get taken out by, by the Xenomorphs because right. she she saw all that shit. Yeah, I mean, I'll take any Aliens at this point, to be honest. That that franchise is struggling so much. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of Covenant. Did you like it? Um, I, I, yeah, uh, 
I think for an Aliens movie, it was okay, because I hate to say it, but at this point, it's like, you take what you can get, and as long as it isn't horrible, I'll take it. But anyway, we are getting way off topic. This is kind of turning into the Aliens uh, split-screen show at this point, and um, yeah, let's see if we can bring it back. We're getting a little off course. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I know we touched on it a little bit Um. as far as why developers just aren't putting split-screen in their games anymore. I know you said that somebody had said that this they have the data and just players aren't using it anymore. Do you think it's more so they really think players don't want it anymore or do you think it's more so hardware limitations at this point where games have gotten to a point where you know the consoles just can't handle it it probably is mostly hardware limitations yeah i don't know how you can split screen like doom eternal how is that gonna work i mean if you can make it run I, I'll, i'll check it out I feel like there should be a way to make it happen because I one of the things I love about the Mass Effect Legendary Collection is that there's an option in graphics where you can prioritize um, graphics versus frame rate. Yeah. Um, me and Asher are on complete and total opposite sides of that spectrum. She plays my game and she's like, "Why does it look so weird?" It's like because I need high frame rate. And she's like, "That's not the right way to play." I'm like, "There is no right way to play." Wait till you play some PS5 games. She's gonna change her mind. Uh, you need the frame rate. Go play Spider-Man Remastered right. on 30 frames per second on the PS5. It feels like it's lagging. Oh, God. I can't wait. That was, that was actually my first Platinum. Really? Wow. That was probably my, like, 90th. Yeah. Um, but I was going down the um, the uh, performance mode road because I feel like there should be an option to where, like, if you really want to do a couch co-op thing, there's got to be a way to where you can, like, drop the frame rate or something to where you can make it work. Like, now, like I said, like, some games, you know, it's just, it's not going to run. Like, Doom Eternal, that game is so demanding. It's so fast-paced. you got enemies everywhere. Like, you can throw 30 AIs into an arena with a Doom Slayer, and you can just give them a single command. It's like, kill him. If you put a second one in there, I'd imagine it gets a little buggy. Going forward, it's just going to be for simple games. I got a feeling that five years down the line from now, um, split screen is pretty much going to be reserved for um, things like EA originals, like with a way out or um, indie games or just franchises that are known for, you know, single screen multiplayer stuff like um, Halo and Gears. I think those will always have split screen. The Lego games. Um, Or even games like Overcooked, where like the whole thing is just built around co-op. The game that will break marriages. Yeah, that game. Interesting fact about my wife. Um, she's never worked in a restaurant. I have. I've worked in several, and I've worked in the kitchen in several. So we downloaded Overcooked because I had it recommended to me by somebody, or maybe I heard it in a podcast. I don't remember. But I was like, this sounds like fun. So we downloaded it. Um, my wife is an incredibly competitive woman. And I downloaded this game thinking this will be a nice game for us to just kind of chill, have a good time. We'll have a couple laughs because I had looked up the trailers like this looks cute as hell. This looks fun. This looks very family like this. This looks, this looks awesome. This looks like a good time. No, it's not. No, it isn't. It started off that way. And then it quickly evolved into what I was doing wrong. Not what she was doing wrong, but what I was doing wrong. 
I'm just I'm like I'm trying to call out orders as best I can and like I'm go- I'm getting easily sucked back into what it was like working at like Panera Bread or Zaxby's or whatever. I don't well I just realized Zaxby's isn't everywhere. Case in point is restaurant kitchen. So for me it felt natural getting back into that, you know, everybody's got their station. For her, it was a whole new way to compete. Like, we were competing against ourselves, and we didn't get three stars. We were redoing it. Even if it was one of those levels, it was, like, impossible. (laughs) By the end of the game, I swear to God, I did not even want to go to bed with this woman. (laughs) Indy, come on. Let's go to bed. No, you didn't. Why? You didn't make the hamburgers right in the game. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. He's like, you know, you pull that burger off way too early. We sent a burger in with lettuce instead of tomato. Oh and I'm God, like, I I, uh, can we just go to sleep? <laughs> but despite all of that, um, I do recommend it. It is a lot of fun. Just, you know, maybe uh, go in with the expectations that if you play with a perfectionist, y'all have got to be on the same page. <laughs> oh, and I hear it's really crazy if you do it with four people. Holy shit. It's fun, but it's challenging. That's that's all I'm going to say. I love Overcooked. Me and Jock uh, played a little of it uh, via SharePlay because he didn't have the game. So I just, you know, he sh- I streamed it over to him and he was able to play at local co-op. Um, yeah, we were really getting uh, into some uh, angry territory with each other. We'd be like, oh, you didn't get that right. Oh, come on. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it brings that out. It, it does. It is crazy, though, because, like, even though, like, especially if you get to a new level where the floors are constantly changing and, like, the whole pattern you had before goes out the window, there is nothing more satisfying than once you've entered a level that seemed impossible and then you get that new pattern down and that flow down and you guys are just meshing. That's an amazing feeling. It's almost like beating a Bloodborne boss that you've been died on, like, 20 times. Here's the best way to play that game. I'm going to give you the, the, the best way to do it. I'm listening. You need a third person or a fifth person. Well, depending on how many people are playing the game. Let's say there's just two people playing. You need a third person okay. just to call out the orders. He can sit there and watch you play and be like, all right, you, uh, we need a, uh, a burger with a no, no, no tomato and this and that. He's just giving out the orders. That way you guys don't You're have to focus wrong. on the top of the orders thing all the time. He's doing it. And that's exactly how a kitchen works. You have somebody called an expediter. That person is essential. Um, but yeah, um, Overcooked, good couch co-op game. Um, there have actually been a few games that, you know, the co-op mode wasn't the star of it by any means. But when you do play with a friend, the game does take on a whole new level of fun. Portal 2 is probably one of my favorite examples of that. It's also another game that can induce a lot of rage if the other person just isn't getting on uh, your level, especially if you're not playing like locally and you're having to communicate over Xbox Live. It's like, hey, go stand on that button. And they find three other buttons that is not the one you're talking about. You could be like, man, I know this entire puzzle. I know exactly what, what I have to do. And the other person's like, uh, I don't get it. And you're like, how do you not get it? Yeah, I never beat the co-op campaign in that because uh, I didn't have a like a buddy to play that with. So I was like, all right, let's try some random guys. Oof. Nope. I was kind of in the same boat. And um, yeah, I, I don't play with randoms anymore. And even when I did, you could not pay me to play with a random in Portal 2. Just wasn't going to happen. Now, I will say one game that um, me and Ash did actually have a lot of fun with um, when it came time for co-op was Cuphead. 
Um, and that was one of those games that surprisingly didn't induce a lot of rage. Like, it sounds like me and my wife just hate each other. We don't. We actually love each other very much. We just can't work together. <laughs> oh, God, I want to see you guys play Monopoly. <laughs> no, Mike, you don't. Ever. Record it and then put it on YouTube. I'll watch it. I don't want to. I really don't want to. There's a phrase that's been coined in my house because of the last time we played Monopoly. And keep in mind, this was said when she owned, I want to say, like 60% of the board. And both me and my brother were on the verge of bankruptcy while she's sitting there counting her money. And she just kept saying, anything can happen. And I swear to God, that's like, anytime one of us is losing and beating the other, that is now the phrase, is anything can happen. (laughs) So... To this day, I still haven't beat my wife in Monopoly, and I I have no desire to play with her anymore in that game. Because I used to be the guy that couldn't be beat. You want to play the ultimate Monopoly game, Indy? Get real cash instead of uh, the fake money. Oh, God. Then it gets real. <laughs> I've witnessed one of those games. I wasn't a part of it, but I was watching people play Oh, God. Play it. it was intense. It was like, wow, this is... This is great. Like it was, it was awesome to watch because there was actual money on the line. I'm like, this is great. That sounds like so that would get somebody shot. <laughs> <laughs> let's play super high stakes. How about fifteen thousand? All right, let's go each. All right. Oh God, I'd rather play at a high stakes poker game than play high stakes Monopoly. That's that actually gives me anxiety. The thought of that. I could only do that with a very specific group of people. Like I would have to be super cool with everybody at the table. And just go into it with the ideas like, I have already lost this money. <laughs> it is not mine anymore. So that way, I don't end any friendships. <laughs> but I know you mentioned Cuphead. That That is a great local co-op game. But it's another one of those that's going to be super frustrating and you're going to be yelling at each other games. I know it used to be kind of cliche when people say, you know, this is the Dark Souls of racing games or whatever, blah, 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 blah. But... There were so many times playing that game that I had the same feelings that I had playing any FromSoft game. Because the thing I like about FromSoft games is that the game never really seems unfair. Right. You know what you could have done to avoid dying. Um, Whereas some games, it's like, you know, they'll be like, no, the boss isn't going to take this much damage because you're doing too well, blah, 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 blah. No, Souls games are very much so it's like you know the pattern if you mess it up that's on you Cuphead is the exact same way mm-hmm. and they are very set in stone patterns and it is up to you to figure out those patterns and then adapt from there so it never seems unfair and you only ever can be mad at yourself if you mess up did you beat that game oh yeah okay cool yeah same here me and Ash we started off co-oping it but when it comes to a game that requires a lot of reflexes, like um, her hands will start hurting after a while. So I think we got halfway through it. We we got to the level where I think you're facing the moon. Oh, yeah, that one. And then it just it became too much for her. And then I soloed it from there. But yeah, I took it all the way to the end and it became one of my favorite games that year. As a matter of fact, I have um, the devil and uh, Cuphead Mugman on my desk. It's got one of my favorite boss fights. It's not the devil. It's the one right before where you got to fight the dice man. Oh, dude, he is so much fun. That was so cool. You just like multiple mini boss fights, and then you got to play this game yep. where you roll the dice and you got to get him a certain amount of points so you can fight him. 
the animations are so great in that game. That's exactly what I was about to say, because it, it's the only game that I know of that every single part of it is actually hand-drawn like a 1940s cartoon. Yeah, OG uh, Mickey Mouse. And that's why it's it's taking so long for the expansion to come out, because what I've heard, I mean, creating that is not easy. It's extremely complicated right. to animate all of that. Um, but speaking of Couch Co-op and everything, there is a new game coming out that you and Jacques told me about. I finally went and watched the trailer for it, and I gotta say, I am super stoked for it. Uh, The Ascension? Oh, oh, yeah, the uh, the Helldivers cyberpunk-looking game, yeah. Yeah, that one. Yes! Dude, I am so stoked for that game. Yeah, we all gotta play that one night, yeah, all of us. I don't know if there's four-player in that. It is. Okay, sweet. There you go. It was, um... I think I, I looked it up, and I want to say it was one to two player local and one to four player online play. Does that have cross play? That's a good question. Because then, like you and Ash could probably be on one. One of you could be on the PC, and then the Xbox, and me and Jacques could be on Xboxes. Yeah, we can probably do that. Well, we don't even need to do that. We can actually be on the same screen and just talk with you guys because it is couch co-op. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we we can do that. I hate Xbox party chats because I think they sound like shit. I don't know if they, I don't think oh. I don't know if they sound any better on um, Xbox Series X, but on the Xbox One, at least with the microphones we use, I, I've I've tried different ones and it all kind of sounds the same. It doesn't sound good the quality, especially when you when you Not come really. back from uh, Playstations and it sounds way better on there. Um, but I mean, on the topic of a uh, split screen. I really don't think I have anything else that I can mention about it, other than the fact that I'm sad that it's uh it's not become a very prominent feature and I really wish more games had co-op in general at this point. But here's the thing, Indy. If you want more co-op games, local co-op games, there's always the old consoles. We can pull those things out and we can do it. There's shit ton of I still do. classic games. Yeah, I mean, there you go. There's so many. That's part of why I was so stoked when um the... Nintendo Classic consoles are coming out. Like, when I got my Super Nintendo Classic, I immediately booted up uh, Super Metroid. Not a couch co-op game. But I also brought up uh, Donkey Kong Country. And I think to this day, on my Super Nintendo Classic, that is the only game that has been beaten because me and my wife spent the next... I want to say we spent the next two weeks. Just like every other night, we were going through it. And we had a blast. Guys, go back and play old games. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. And you're going to find oh, yeah. some amazing hidden gems. A lot of the young generations probably never played Super Metroid or any of those games. Go check them out. Right. Sure, they're old. Who cares? I just played freaking, what, uh, Medal of Honor Airborne from 2007 recently. Oh, wow. Still a fun game, but, you know, it's dated and all. But I mean, that's not a good example. But, like, there's other games that are, like, far superior that definitely should be played. Just come on. I love all the new games. The modern games are great and all. I you know keep giving oh, me yeah. more. But if you if you say, hey man, you got to play this. Uh, I don't know whatever the hell this game is. It's from two thousand two. It's amazing. I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll check it out. There's a lot of games. I mean, you know, the great thing about indie games is that you know none of them really all look the same. So there are some that look dated, but you know they came out recently. Like to me, at this point, sprites are timeless. Because mm-hmm. you have a ton of indie games that come out now using sprites, and they get Game of the Year nominations, sometimes even Game of the Year winners. Like uh, Stardew Valley, for example, is nothing but sprites, but that game is beloved by a ton of people. 
So like you were saying with the younger generation, um, kids that didn't grow up with Super Nintendo, if you go back and play Super Metroid, I mean, at this point, it's going to feel like uh, a five-star indie game to a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, a classic Nintendo game is, feels like a five-star indie game today, but it isn't that far off. You go play Chrono Trigger, another game that uses sprites, that game is probably one of the best RPGs, or excuse me, JRPGs of all time, but to a younger generation that's never even touched it, they might find that to be like one of their top five games of all time if they go back and give it a chance. And I'm glad Nintendo put the uh, SNES and NES Classic on the Switch uh, consoles. If you have an online membership, you yes. can play a lot of those. So yeah, definitely go check out some of those on there if you don't want to pull out an old Super Nintendo and get a tube television and or uh, get some sort of an emulator thing going. If you don't want to do any of that, check out the uh, NES and SNES app on there. Uh, That's Switch. almost the whole reason I have the online membership for uh, my Switch. That and Smash Brothers. But uh, I wouldn't have it if they didn't include that because the online is right. so bad. I'm like, why am I going to pay for multiplayer when I never play it? And it's so limited. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm paying $20 yeah. a year just for the SNES and NES app. And $20 a year really isn't that bad for those games to no, be available to you at all times. I'd much rather pay 20 bucks a year than every time Nintendo releases a new console, I'm rebuying like Super Mario World for like the fifth time or Mario 64 for the sixth time or something like that. Speaking of Nintendo, get in 64 games on the Switch. Do it now. How many times did I buy Super Mario 64? I bought it on the DS, the N64 back in the day because I actually bought a copy of it and played it at a friend's house. I want to say I've bought Mario 64 four times. The same thing with Zelda Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, because I bought it on the 64, I bought it on the DS, and then I bought it on the Wii, and I bought it again on the Wii U. So yeah, four times. Oh, I forgot about the Switch 3D All-Star Collection. That has Super Mario 64, so I bought it again. Oh god, how many times have I buy this shit? I did not let myself get that collection. I just, for some reason, I was like, no, we're not. I think it was almost like a pride thing for me. It's like the same reason I won't buy Skyrim on my PC. <laughs> it's like, I'm not giving you my money for the same game again. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I bought it because I never played Super Mario Galaxy. And I'm like, I'm not bringing out a Wii to play this game. So I'm like, okay, it's on fair. there. And then you have Super Mario Sunshine. I did play that back on the GameCube. Is it just me, or does it seem like it doesn't play as well on the Switch as it did on the GameCube? I haven't played it yet on my Switch, so I can't comment okay. on that. The only one I played on there was a little bit of Super Mario 64, and I beat Galaxy. I think the problem for me, and the reason why I... Because my brother did buy it, so it, it is in my house, because my brother doesn't live with me right now. I started Sunshine, but I have the wireless GameCube controller for my Switch. But when you play Sunshine with it, the old GameCube controls don't translate over. It's trying to play the GameCube controllers if they're Joy-Cons or as a right, pro controller. Yeah. So muscle memory from back in the day doesn't translate. So I remember playing it was like, this is awkward as hell. I can't even begin to play this. See, I don't remember the controls from that long ago, so it didn't bother me. But I could well, see that being a problem. Me growing up as a Nintendo kid, like, I didn't have any other kind of console. Like, we had a Sega Genesis, but every console up to that point was a Nintendo console until the original Xbox. So we went Super Nintendo, N64, GameCube, and th that was my library, was those three systems. So 
Sunshine got a lot of game time because it was a game that lasted a while. There's one more thing I'll say about Sunshine. Very good game. Shut up, Mario fans who don't like it. There's a lot of them who don't like that game. Like, they don't think it's yeah, a proper Mario game. Because, yeah, oh, you're spraying water and shit all over the place. And I'm like, well, so? I mean, it's still a 3D Mario game. They just did something a little bit if different. If the movement is there, if the enemies, you can still be killed by jumping on them, and Bowser's the enemy, and Peach is in danger again, I'm sorry. It's a Mario game. Yeah, it's a great Mario. It's not one of my favorite 3D Mario games, but I really like it. I don't get the hate. I guess I don't understand it. No, I, I definitely think it deserves a spot up there among some of the better Mario games. But, yeah, I think that's it for the split-screen topic. That was really good. But I think it's time we move on to surprise mechanics. So this is the part of the show where we both bring a random thing to the table. It can be a topic, a fun game, a discussion, literally anything you want. Or we want, I should say. And neither one of us knows what it is. That's why it's called surprise mechanics. Thank you, EA. (laughs) <laughs> since indy hasn't done this before i'm gonna let him go first so indy what's your surprise mechanic um so this is actually something that i am somewhat stealing from another podcast but i always love playing this with friends that are actually like relatively hardcore gamers uh we're gonna play video game 20 questions so i've got a game in my head and you have 20 questions to figure out what game I am thinking about. Oh, Jesus. If this is Final Fantasy, I'm going to strangle you. No, I know for a fact that you know this game. So I, I wanted to make sure that I gave you a fighting chance. All right. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. It's in an old game. Define old game. Uh, 90s. Not in the 90s, no. Is it in the 2000s? It is in the 2000s. Okay. All right. Well, that narrows it down. Let's see. Is it an action-adventure game? I would say it can be classified as an action-adventure game. Okay. Huh. I will say the official description does not put it in the action-adventure genre. Is it an RPG? It is an RPG. Is it Star Wars Nice Your Republic? Which one? The second one. The Sith Lords. Damn it, man. It's five questions. Wow, Holy crap. I got it. <laughs> okay, so I tailored that to you. Maybe I made that a little too easy. Well, my surprise mechanic lasted all but two minutes. Unless you want to try and guess one more game, or if you want to think of a game, and I will try and guess your game. Okay, okay, okay. I got. I, I like this. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, I, I got one. I, I don't know if you play this, but I got one. Um, did this game come out before the year 2000? No. Uh, did this come out after the year 2010? No. Okay, so we're talking original Xbox or early 360 days. Maybe. Is this a console exclusive? No. Did this game come out on Xbox 360? No. Oh. So multiple platforms... Didn't come to 360. Was it original Xbox? No. I'm going to look up the year real quick, because I could be confusing you. <laughs> uh, okay, no, I'm right. I'm Okay, cool. Wow, this is a bit of a challenge. Was this game on console? Yes. Is that six? Yeah, I think so. Was this a licensed game? 
Yes. Oh, okay. Was it on PlayStation consoles? Yes. Was it on Nintendo consoles? Yes. Is the developer that made it still making games today? I don't think so. If they do still exist, then they're under a different name. Gotcha. Is this a Star Wars game? No. I think that's 11? Yeah. I'll just say it's 11. You got you got nine more. Okay. <laughs> maybe it's, maybe it's 12. Who, who, know? who gives a shit? Let us know in the comments if we can't count. Is this game a shooter? No. Is it a platformer? Mm, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. If it's something like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, no, it's nothing like that. No, 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 no. It, it, it's, an, it's an actual <laughs> game people like, and they remember. Gotcha. So I guess that leads us to my next question: Was this game critically received well? Yes. I'm also like looking around my office at all my collectibles. I'm like, there's a hint in this office somewhere. There, there might be something in there. You might have this particular character. Was this license based off of a movie? No. No. Okay. So does that mean that this license was based off of a show? No. Now I'm really lost. Well, think about it. It's it's from something popular. It's not from a show. It's not from a movie. What could there be left? I mean, there's books, but... What kind of books? I'm trying to think of what books weren't turned into movies. Would this have been... Um, considered a young adult novel series? No. Well, what are you thinking of? Are you thinking of, like, books, books, right? Yeah. No. Then no. Oh. I said, what kind of books? I know, that, that, that throws me off a little bit. Everything you say is throwing me off, and it's not, it's like doing the opposite. It's making it worse. Okay, all right. It, it does. But at the same time, like, I am... I'm way too prideful to give up on this, even though I am extremely lost with less than five questions to go. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Was this game based off of comic books? Yes. Uh, Is this game based off of Spider-Man? Yes. Uh, Is it Spider-Man 2? Well, that would have been a movie. Is it Ultimate Spider-Man? No. Last guess. I'll give you a hint. It was on a PlayStation console and an N64 console. Uh, did that did that game have a subtitle? It was I know it was Spider Man for the PlayStation One and N sixty four, but I don't remember if it had a subtitle. Gotta give me a guess. Oh crap! I think it was just called Spider Man, wasn't it? Yep, you got it. That's it. Oh my god! Were, I thought you were gonna say it was Spider Man Two Enter Electro because there was a sequel on that on those systems too. I was gonna, I was gonna laugh if you said that one. Whoo! You made me sweat, sir. <laughs> I had, I remember we had rented. Um, the N64 version, because I had an N64 from Movie Gallery, and I beat it over the course of one weekend, and I went to a buddy of mine who had the PlayStation 1 version, and I remember being confused, because when I played it on the N64, a lot of stuff was broken up over comic panels, whereas the PlayStation 1 had actual cutscenes. That's right, that's right, yeah, the N64 couldn't run the cutscenes. Yeah, I felt ripped off. <laughs> yeah, that was the ship version. I was like, what the hell's that? Yeah, I played both versions. It sucked, you yeah. know? Yeah. Of course, looking back, I'm like, you know, the gameplay was still great. It was still a great game. Would totally play it again just for nostalgia purposes. But it's crazy to remember that that really showed just how much more powerful the PlayStation was than the N64. All right. Well, that was fun. <laughs> 
I guess we can move on to my surprise mechanic. That was pretty good, though. I like that. 20, quench, uh, 20, bleh, 20 questions. I, I, I'm surprised we haven't done that yet. Well, I'm glad y'all hadn't, because that meant I got to do it. <laughs> I want to do that to Jacques and torture him. I'll pick, like, some old Atari game from, like, 1984 <laughs> or some shit. He'll never guess it. Just pick Pitfall. Nobody ever guesses Pitfall. That's true. <laughs> Here's my surprise mechanic. It's also a game. And we're going to be playing How Well Do You Know Me? Now, I have 25 of my favorite games on a list in front of me, and you have to guess at least 12 of them right to win the game. At least 12. At least 12. If you get three of them wrong, you lose. Now, if you pick a game that is one of my favorite that's not on my top 25 list and I forgot to put it on there, I'll give you a point. Okay. All right. So start shooting them out. I'm definitely going to say Dead Space 1 and 2, but not 3. Yes. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Mass Effects 1 through 3. So you're giving me three, then. Three guesses. Uh, yeah, two are three. right, one's wrong, so strike. So one and two is on there, three's not. Gotcha. So you have four correct and one strike. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with KOTOR the Sith Lords as another one. Mm-hmm. That's right. And we're going to go ahead and throw KOTOR 1 up there, too. Just because as long as I've known you, Revan has been your gamer tag. Yep, that's six. Do you put the original Battlefront 2 on your list? It's on there, yeah. Okay. That's seven. I wouldn't say any of the Call of Duties would be on your list, because I don't think you're that kind of gamer. You usually focus on games that have a really good story... Something that has a lot of replay value. No fantasy games. Is Alien Isolation on there? No. Two strikes. Ah, damn. I love that game, but yeah, it, there's there's so many other games I have over it. Did Resident Evil 8 make your list? No, but I'm going to give you a point because that's pretty high on my list. Like I was thinking about it, so I'll give you a point. It's not on here, but I'll give it a two. So that's eight. Ashley actually got me a uh, a small portrait of Lady D to hang up next to my desk. Get a body pillow next. <laughs> no, that that that's crossing a line, I think. <laughs> Let's see. So I need four more. Um, I don't remember you being a huge fan of the Fallout series. I feel like I would know that. I mean, I definitely think you like those games, but not enough to put it at your top 25. I also don't want to put out too many Star Wars games. I know we're both huge Star Wars fans, but... It's really difficult knowing you only got one strike left. There's one on here I'm shocked you haven't mentioned yet. He's scared, man. He doesn't he doesn't want to get this next one wrong. He's like really No, thinking. I don't want to lose. I really don't. Remember what I said about me and my wife being competitive? Um I'm gonna kinda jump out on a limb here, and I'm gonna say that Batman Arkham Asylum is on that list. Yes, it's on the list. I didn't think you'd guess that one. Well, I started, like, trying to think about games that we have in common that would probably be on both of our lists, and Arkham Asylum is definitely on my list. I don't know if I would put City or, um, well, I definitely wouldn't put Arkham Knight up there, but Arkham City, I'm not sure is up there. Yeah, I can confirm there's no Arkham Knight on this list, so don't waste it on that. (laughs) You know what? I am going to go ahead and uh, ask if Fallout 3 is on that list. It's on the list. Oh, thank God. Just for the record, Fallout 3 is my favorite Fallout game of all time. Yeah, I agree. 
I, I that blew me away when I got that game the day it came out. Those are great memories. And then uh, I remember the jaw dropping moment in that game for me was when you could blow up Megaton. I was like, I can do that. The moment they gave me that option, I'm like, well, I gotta see this. I gotta you go up to that <laughs> hotel across the way and you watch it explode. That's one of those moments. Was like, okay, uh, quick save. Yes, let's go see where this goes. All right. Now I know you platinumed it, but I know you put a lot of hours into Battlefront 2015. But I don't feel like that would be on your list. There's no good Stargate games out there. <laughs> don't remind me, please. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting a long time for one. I still can't get one. I get fan-made ones. That's all I get. What's your gut telling you? Honestly, my gut is telling me that Battlefront 2015 would be on the list, but with one strike left, I don't want to guess anything that wouldn't be it. Because, see, here's the thing. It's 25 games, but just as fast as I'm getting them right... That means the amount of ones I can get right are also going down. So there's only 15 games left that I can pick with one strike left, and the obvious ones are gone. Oh, there's some obvious ones in here. There's a few more. Probably the reason why the obvious ones aren't jumping to mind is because I've been listening to you guys talk for the past 10 weeks on your podcast, and there are much more recent games that you guys have talked about. So. Other ones aren't jumping to the front of my mind right now. That being said, we did talk about something earlier, and I'm going to guess Mario 64 might be on that list? It is. I just need one more. Oh, how have you not guessed this one yet, Indy? Holy shit. Is it more infuriating for you or yes, for me? Yes, there's at least it? four on here that, it, that Jacques is screaming right now. Oh, Alan Wake. Correct. Here are some of the other ones. The Last of Us. The Last of Us Part 2. Oh my god. Super Mario World. Donkey Kong Country 1 and Donkey Kong Country 2. Donkey Kong Country 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. L.A. Noir. Marvel Spider-Man, the 2018 game. God of War, the 20... Oh, was that... They're both... Yeah, both 2018. The God of War 2018 game. Splinter Cell Chaos Theory. The Spider-Man PS1 game, Uncharted 4, Horizon Zero Dawn, Left 4 Dead, and you said no Call of Duties, but I got one on here, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Okay, see, I would have guessed Modern Warfare too. So, I see where the disconnect is here. The games on this list that I picked, for the most part, are all games that you and I used to talk about a lot when we were playing regularly on Xbox. You're right. Yep. The games that you just mentioned are all from recent, and we haven't really reconnected until very recently. That's true. So, that would explain... But, I mean, I if I had just, for a minute, considered PlayStation exclusives, you're right. I could have knocked out the other half of this list pretty easily. Dude, I like preach The Last of Us to everybody. I'm on mountains. I'm shouting. I'm I'm, I'm dropping flyers out of planes for this game. <laughs> What's crazy is that when I was helping Ash with something earlier, um, I asked her to put on YouTube because I saw something about a really good fan film for Last of Us called um, Stay. And I had meant to watch it. We ended up not watching it. I'll probably watch it later on tonight, but... 
if if I had watched that, I probably would have guessed Last of Us or Last of Us Two. Do you know which Last of Us game is my favorite? Uh, I'm gonna guess the first one. No, it's the second one. I love the first really? one to death, but the second one hit me even harder. Yeah, I I, re- I really love that game. I know there's, there's a lot of controversy behind it <laughs> for some people, but uh, you know, I don't get the controversy either. I mean, I haven't finished it for for some weird reason. I haven't finished it. But for me personally, I just remember playing the first Last of Us and the opening scene with Joel and his daughter. I was immediately like, okay, this game is going to hit way harder than anything I've played before. So just from the fear jaw-dropping moment. Now, Last of Us 2 had its own moment at the beginning, which I'm not going to go into. But it's something that you like... When it first happens in the first Last of Us, you're like, damn, this is going to be dark. But in the second one, you're kind of like, oh, no, this is going to happen again. (laughs) You got to finish the second one. Like, make that a priority in the future. I definitely plan to. I've been going back and forth. Once I finally beat Mass Effect 3, which I finally am starting to make good headway with it, I just saved um, the female Krogan. Once that series is done and behind me again, I am either going to jump back into Last of Us 2, I'll probably restart it because I didn't get very far, or I'm going to jump back into Ghost of Tsushima, one or the other. Well, I can't believe it, but we're at the end. Yeah, that's it. Holy shit. That was a pretty good surprise mechanic. Plane still in the air? Uh, yeah, that was really good. Um <laughs> You made me sweat on my own surprise mechanic and on yours, so uh, good job, buddy. That's all I wanted. I mean, that's that's what the uh, <laughs> listeners want to hear. They want to hear you struggle. But uh, yeah, it, it's been great having you on here, and I probably shouldn't say this on the show, but me and Jacques have been talking, and we think we would like you to be our backup if one of us can't join like a permanent backup. Oh, yeah, sure. We're we're still going to try and figure out the whole three-person uh, podcast episode. We're going to do that at some point. We also want to get, like, Ashley on here at some point. She can talk about her art and okay. logo and all that. That'd be cool. I just don't know how long it's going to take me, personally, to do three audio tracks and you know, edit that. I won't really know until I just try it. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think I can... I can safely say this. I think Jacques is fine with me saying, yeah, we, we would like to have you as like a backup. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, so I'm sure there's going to be weeks me or Jacques can't do it. Yeah. I mean, I've had a blast, man. So yeah, anytime you guys need me, I am happy to fill in. Hopefully we can do this again real soon. So uh, yeah, but next week Jacques will be back. Don't worry, guys. You don't have to hear me host again. I'll go back in the co-pilot Or listen seat. to me. So I'll go back to listening. Yeah, g- give us some feedback about indie. Like, do you like indie? Do you want to you want to hear more indie? Do you want him to come back again? Let us know. Leave comments on our you know social media pages, which I'm going to mention again because I have to because <laughs> we're at the end of the show. <laughs> we're at Boundless Gamers, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Jacques runs a Twitter account and the Facebook account. I run Instagram. We try to post different things on each one so it's not all the same. You know how some, like, they'll share the same picture or something on all three things. No, we're not going to do that. We want to keep it fresh for each one. So if you go follow one and then follow the other, you're going to get different things. So, but, uh, yeah, so please just follow us and subscribe to this uh, podcast. We really appreciate it. And just keep giving us feedback because we want to hear what you guys have to say about us, the good and the bad. 
I, I like curing the bad, but don't don't go too crazy. I <laughs> uh, see. I'm starting to get delirious now because it's like almost one o'clock in the morning. Now my brain's starting oh my to shut God, off. It is. So I better land this plane before something bad goes down. See, I'm already <laughs> fucking up my words. Here we go. So yeah, guys, thanks again for listening to another episode of the pound, the the, the, bound, the poundless, the poundless, the poundless gamers. gamers. I'm gonna pound you into the ground. Well, I can confirm there are quite a bit of pounds on me. So um... oh god. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is a great way to land this plane. But, yes, thanks again, guys, for listening to another episode of the Balanced Gamers Podcast. Uh, I'm Mike. I'm Indy. And we will see you next time. Take care, guys. Stay safe. <laughs>